Welcome to Personal Financial Strategy, the podcast, a podcast wholly devoted to you and your money, bringing expertise to bear on how you earn, invest, and spend your hard-earned cash. I'm your host, Tony King, and today we have a special guest on the podcast. He is Leon Tompkins, founder of the Tides Group, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. He lives and works in La Jolla, California. Welcome, Leon. Thanks, Tony. Good to be here. I've been anticipating your visit for such a long time because I think you're the first guest that we've had on the podcast that has real experience in the markets. That is, you know, trading in the markets. So you're our first pro from Dover, you might say. <laughs> you, you had nothing but uh, real nice people on and, and just I'm the first pirate to board your ship, huh? It could be, could be. So I, I just want to let you tell your story, Lane, because I know most of it, but probably not all of it. And, you know, we've yeah. been friends for so long that uh, I would, if I were to tell your story or give your resume, I'm sure I would leave out big chunks of it. Um, so could you give us a sort of compressed view of how you started trading and share with us your investment story? You know, yeah, let me, uh, it, it goes back quite a ways um, for me. I, I was um, I was a little kid, actually, and my grandfather used to come over when I was as young as I can remember, and he would have these fantasies uh, going on with me about how my cattle were doing and how they do in the silver market, the gold market today. And so as I got older and the conversation became a little more intellectual with him, I kind of had to keep up because if he was coming over, we were going to talk about this stuff. And um, so I just, I just started doing that. And I then, you know, lo and behold, my my dad bought a ranch. So I went as a you know kid from Paradise Valley to a, a very small rural environment for a few years in Nebraska. And, um, and you know, my first, my first trade ever was taking a bucket of silver coins into uh, some guy who was paying $40 an ounce and selling uh you know, back in when I was a senior in high school and, uh, and then parlaying some of that and some of my earnings into some cattle and, uh, and then having a small herd of cattle. And then, you know, my engagement ring and my down payment on my house and my, uh, you know, wedding and honeymoon kind of ate that up. But anyway, I, <clears throat> I started, um, in college as a, as a junior, uh, at the university of Arizona, I kind of crept into <laughs> slither. I'd like to say I, I slithered under the door of an arbitrage trader by the name of Hal Lindquist, who's one of the most brilliant guys I've ever known. Um, and he was a guy that retired from Wall Street and was had set up a little arbitrage shop in Tucson. And my uh, the head of the Carl Eller Entrepreneurship Program, um, a professor, introduced us. And anyway, I you know I was back when the PCs had first come out, you know, and he didn't have a computer, and there was still like arbitrage to be done between cash and futures markets. So, um, you know, I, I made myself indispensable and, and I became a yield curve trader and then an arbitrage uh, trader in the cash and futures markets. And, and then we just started managing money and we built a pretty good business. And then a few years later, he introduced me to uh, the senior, um, you know, management at, at Bear Stearns in New York. And I went to work trading options, currencies and, and uh, fixed income for them for a number of years. And then I went to first Chicago, which 
I, why I went to first Chicago is a great question, but um, uh, it had to do with money, I guess. And then um, after a winter there, we, we uh, actually spent a decade with, with young life um, doing, doing uh, some nonprofit work in, in San Diego. And that brought us back kind of the West coast and, and then, you know, I had to put my kids through college or through, like, you know, high school, even in, in, in junior high and uh, college. And so I started a hedge fund um, after I left Young Life and did that for uh, four or five years. And then, you know, then the financial crisis kind of took all the wind out of those sales. And so I one of my uh, large investor friends um, is a, a friend that I uh met at the University of Arizona. And, and so I ended up moving to Qatar and uh, managing um, most of his fortune over there. And then um, I came back and I managed the currencies for World Vision uh, International and, and their pension funds. And then um, a few years ago, I had a friend who had a, a, a great problem. He called me and said, hey, uh, Lee, I've, I've, I've got a real problem. And I said, well, what's that? He goes, well, I, my neighbor died and uh, left me a bunch of money and I need your help. And I said, well, that's the very first world problem you have there. So that kind of led me directly into this. And so um, middle, of la middle of this year, I, I left World Vision and I started doing this uh, at that time exclusively for them. And then uh, I've added a few clients since then. And um, so I, that's long and short. I hope bore everyone to death, but that's my story. What story it is. <laughs> you, I did not know a couple of those steps in there. That's very interesting. Um, you just covered a lot of ground there in terms of <laughs> trading. I heard all kinds of things from metals to cattle to um, to stocks and and beyond. What Do you have an, a niche, Leon, that you kind of like to stay in? Um, no, I, you know, the truth is there's always something going on, but it's not necessarily what you're in, if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. and there have been times when real estate was the game to play. There's been times when commodities were the game to play. There's been times when currencies were the, the thing to do. Um, you know, of, of the last few years, it's kind of been equities, um, and, so I think I think that I my my feet tend to walk me toward what I think is going to be the most interesting or profitable or you know and oftentimes that's just been where the job is too. So I think that's um, that's a big part of it. But I'm always interested in in companies. Uh, I think they people um, productivity, you know, uh, leadership, all that stuff is of interest to me. And so I tend to try to figure out what it is that drives companies, um, you know, from uh, three different angles, uh, the most important being financial health. And, um, and then secondly, kind of a tie between uh, how much they're growing and able to grow uh, their top line and, uh, and how much they're able to manage that. Um, and then in terms of just value, what, what, what kind of a multiple they're trading at and, and what that looks like. But um there's about 45 financial indicators that we follow at the Tides Group on every single company in, in our universe, which is a few thousand. Um, and those just, we, we rank them and follow them and, and tend to zero in on things when they uh, look interesting. So. I see. 
Well, I, I know from past conversations, um, one of your key strategies is timing and yeah. when to be in and when to be out. Yeah. Um, can you can you talk a little bit to that point? Yeah, and I'd say um, I'd say there's a couple of fairly predictable things that people can watch. Most people aren't patient. Uh, they they want they have time. It's Saturday, so I'm going to invest. Um, is kind of you know it's on my schedule, so I'm going to invest. That doesn't necessarily mean the price is right. Um, but there's a couple of things that I think are, and really this is very timely because it happened earlier this week. Um, the market got very scared <clears throat> because of the latest Omicron uh, variant of of the COVID nineteen virus. Uh, and in you know previous to that, the um, the president had said that he was going to draw down our strategic petroleum reserves to offset the run up in prices of oil. So you had oil crash, you had the markets get jittery about, oh no, COVID's here again on a, kind of a Friday after Thanksgiving. Um, so they just trashed the market. And that's one thing, you know, when people get scared, uh, you know, or as they used to say when back in the 80s, when we were not nice people, um, you know, when there's blood in the streets, it's time to be buying. And uh, that kind of happens once in a while, but really maybe once, twice or three times in a year, that'll happen where there's a real opportunity. And two things tend to happen. One, uh, the cost of, and you'll understand this, but the cost of insurance tends to go way up during those times. So mm. the, vo the volatility um, that's implied in the prices of, of what portfolio managers use to hedge their investments, it's called implied volatility. Um, but that uh, is measured by something at the Chicago Board of Options Exchange called the VIX index. And so when the VIX index, you know, uh, it, it trades in a range. But when it, you know, when, when the market's really smooth and nobody cares and nobody gives a rip, the thing can get all the way down to 10 point something percent. But in times of, of volatility where people are very scared, and this happened last week, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, and even the last couple of days, that traded over 34 um, at one Ooh. point. And wow. so we tend to track that as, you know, 11%, be very careful because people are really complacent there. And then, you know, 25 or 30%, um, maybe step in because everybody's afraid and prices are down. Um, and then the other thing is um, we, we measure, there's a survey that comes out every Thursday called the American Association of Individual Investors. And it it just asks three questions of 300 and some thousand investors, individual investors. Do you think the market's going up? Do you think it's going down? Or do you think it's going sideways? So are you bullish? Are you bearish? Or are you neutral? And we tend to watch the difference between the bullish and the bearish on that. And so when people are so bearish, meaning they think the market's going down, um, and that that tends to happen coincident with that price of options I was talking about, when those two things are coincident, that tends to be a very good time to get involved in the market. Um, and so we had a nice 5% drop last week. You know, everybody was panicked because of COVID. Option prices shot up. Bullish consensus dropped to the floor. And blow and behold, today the markets, you know, have rallied 3% across the board in most things and, and a lot more in some other things. So it's, um, I just think it's, you know, if I learned one thing from cattle, it's that when they all start running in the same direction, um, just you don't you don't want to get in their way because they'll just keep running until something stops them, whether it's off a cliff 
or <laughs> whatever, or, or they run into a lake or whatever it is. But um, I think that's the crowd tends to chase each other, and you have to be careful of that because you know buying high to sell higher is is uh, is a way to make money. It's just that you know when everybody's on at the end, it tends to get a little spooky. So yeah, yeah. Um, I might mention too that I'm married to a psychologist, so all of this crowd psychology, <laughs> you know, factors in a little bit. Investing psychology, how intriguing! Yeah, well, that's that's really really interesting. I'm going to ask you, and and this might it might sound <laughs> kind of corny, but I'm going to ask you for the guy out there who's guy or gal who's out there, and they've got a little a little nest egg saved away, a few thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. and they're thinking. I want to, I want to get involved in the market. What's, what's the one nugget you would give them before they pull the trigger on that decision? Can I have two or three nuggets? Cause, cause there's a few things that I, sure, um, sure. That I tell my children, some of which work for me. Um, one is a product is not a company make. Um, okay. So okay. companies make products and good right. companies have good products, but a single product is not a company make. And, so, and I'm guilty of this too. I buy a Sonos, you know, a little stereo thing. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. And then I, you know, I got to own the stock because this is just awesome. It's a product. It's not a company. It's a product. Right. Uh, Beyond Meat would be another one for my, you know, um, Californian vegan uh, children and stuff. It, it might be a great product. It doesn't mean it's a company that makes money and and all that stuff. So, Gotta remember when you're investing in the stock market, you're looking at a company. And so that's that's a really important thing. If you like a product, that's great. And that may be, you know, like my iPhone. I I uh you know, I buy exclusively iPhones because I think Apple makes a very good product, but Apple also is a really good company. Um and and I think that's that's one thing. Um the other thing is be patient when you're buying. Uh, I think it's kind of like surfing, just because you have Saturday off doesn't mean there's any waves. Uh, you know, and, and I think people sometimes, you know, it's, it's Monday, I'm going to buy something today because it's on my calendar. Um, you know, just, just take a look at prices, you know, and, and be patient. And I'd say this, always buy when they're giving you a little bit of an edge, you know, don't chase things. Markets tend to, you know, they go up, but they always come back down a little bit. And, and I feel like FOMO, fear of missing out is, is such a big part of, the way some people invest and they're always looking to, you know, pay more and break out. And, you know, and it's just, it's just uh, more often than not, there's a lot of people taking advantage of people that will pay too much for stocks. And so there's always someone willing to sell it to you at a really high price um, because they know they're going to buy it back from you in a few days at a lower price. So I just say, that'd be one thing I, I would say is always, always buy with an edge. Another thing you know, in a bull market, the second day down is a pretty good time to buy. So you got a stock and it's gone down a couple of days and, you know, yeah, I, there's all kinds of silly things that I have up on my walls that if you want me to read to you, I can, but maybe not. I like that one because that's one, uh, you know, yeah, practical. A, a thick-headed person like me and a novice like me, I can understand that one. Uh, bull yeah. market, buying the second day down. Yeah. Now, Another one, Tony, is don't don't add to your losing positions. You know, if you own something at 100 and it goes down to 90, that's too bad. But that doesn't mean you should throw more money at it. 
<laughs> no, yeah. if you got something that goes up and it's making money and then it comes down a little bit, that's fine. But add to your profitable positions. Don't don't um, you know? Don't add to your losers. A lot of people make that mistake. Double up to catch up kind of thing, and that ends up doubling up and going broke. Well, I don't know who would do that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I'm I'm turning sixty this year, and I've I've made all these mistakes. So I hope I hope that uh, these are little, you know, a, a little turbulence ahead of some of, some of the folks who might be listening to this. But yeah. Well, as I'm I'm going through just the four that you've given us, um, it doesn't sound like you're much of a dollar cost investor. Dollar average. Um, well, sometimes I I am, and if if I don't know what something is exactly worth, but I like where the market is overall, um, you know, I it might be that. Um, if I've had a significant back off in the market in general, and I like a stock that I'm looking to buy, um, but it's still kind of on its way down, I'll do what I call probing, um, which uh, just where I'll take, maybe I want a hundred, you know, well, I'll just say if I want a hundred of something, I might go and buy 10 of it. And I might see if it works and then I might get out of that or I might break even in that. I might lose a little money in that, but I start looking at it because I know if I'm at risk in something, I'll watch it. Uh, and so um, I kind of have in mind how much I want to buy of anything at any time down to the share, uh, you know, and um, for each account I manage. And then I'll, I'll just, if, if I am not sure at what level I will, I'll, I'll start with, if I'm not sure of the level, I'll start with 10%. If I'm sure of the level, I'll start with 40%. And then I'll, I'll build it over a little bit of time. I never pull all of the trigger all at once. Uh, hardly ever uh, do, I, do I do that. So dollar cost average, I'm not blindly just saying, oh, it's Tuesday, add 10%. I'm, I'm looking mm -hmm. to add you know, to something as it comes off, to something as it comes off. And um, you know, that's, that's uh, so buy the dips kind of an idea. Oh, yeah. You know, buy the yeah. dips. Buy the dips. Uh, <laughs> I, I like uh, it's fun talking to you, Tony, because most of the guys I talk to say this kind of junk all day long. <laughs> uh, yeah. the, other thing, the other thing I'd say, too, is and I, I write these little notes myself. I have this uh, I have this uh, little plaque that that has these um, uh, little sayings on it, but there's, <clears throat> there's a few, few other things I'd say, you know, guard your profits. Um, that's your money. So, you know, if you've uh, bought something at a hundred, it's gone to a thousand, don't let it go back to a hundred. Um, because the world is full of guys that almost had a great one. Um, yeah. or, you know, and the other thing is let your winners run. Just don't, you can take profits along the way once in a while, just, you know, take a little off you know, on the way up, but let it keep going. Don't, don't, uh, don't uh, take off your winners unless they start moving against you hard. And um, I think that's, you know, let them, there's never more money made than just sitting tight with good positions. Um, it, it is the hardest thing in the world to not do something because we all have grown up with this Western work ethic, but <laughs> I love Warren Buffett. He's, he said, you know, in their shop, there's somewhere between less lethargy and sloth most of the time. And um, that's kind of true. You know, you find the company you want to own and you, you get all the business you can done and figuring that out. And then once you buy it, 
there's really not a lot to do other than collect your coupons and hope the stock price goes up and, um, you know, or collect your dividends or not coupons, but yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know, Liam, there's, there's uh, I'm sure we have some listeners out there that have more money than they have time to watch these things. And um, I think that's where a guy like you comes in. If someone yeah. wanted to get in touch with you, Sure. Um, how would they do that? What's the best um, way? You know what? You can you can get me at Leon at the tidesgroup.com uh, or you can uh, just call me. It's uh, uh huh. hate to do that. I don't know how many calls I'm gonna get, but if I don't answer, I'll try to call you back. But uh, yeah, you'll you'll probably have my phone number on this thing. Uh, um contact not necess- information. Not necessarily. I think uh, I think your emails okay sufficient and yeah. and the- it can yeah. act as a little bit of a filter. <laughs> That's great. And and I think, you know, if they can just look at the tidesgroup.com if they want to see a little more intricately how we how we go about our business. Because I I think one of the things I have children that are kind of mathy. Um, mm-hmm. and so I've taken advantage of both their ability and higher math and uh, and data science and you know that kind of thing. And so we've we've really worked hard at trying to understand what we don't know um, and then try to model what we think we do know uh, so that we can replicate it again and again and again. So we're always looking at what, what's actually true about something from any way we can look in it. Time, money, markets, inflation, interest rates, all of those things. Um, and then try to make, you know, disciplined statistical decisions based on based on those things. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, uh, I think when I started out, I was, I was guilty of, you know, have a hunch, bet a bunch kind of a, you know, a mentality when I was, you know, I knew everything when I was 25 and, sure. uh, and it cost me a lot of money back then to be so smart. Um, and now I, I really do understand that I don't know uh, most things. And that's, that's been really helpful. Just that, carefulness and and the rest of it so we do we work really hard at at the numbers and at finding things that um you know i i'm i'm not a terrible taskmaster for the folks working here but you know when the book comes out and i think they should read it they have to submit their notes to me and we go over them and then it becomes part of our our rubric of of what we're looking at and gets programmed into the data science behind things and um so that that makes it all kind of fun yeah and it also makes it look easy to the <laughs> outsider looking in. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, well, it's not. It, it's, it's not it's easy. Kind of, no, well, it's it's so not easy that I can tell them what I want, but the ability to actually do the things that those um, you know twenty and thirty somethings are doing nowadays with you know I, I thought a python was a snake you know for a long time and didn't realize it was. It was a programming language, but I uh, anyway, I'm kind of kidding there, but uh, yeah. But yeah. Oh, that's great. That's just great. William, thanks for being with us today. And again, listeners, uh, strategists, if you want to get in touch with Leon, he's at Leon, L-E-O-N, at thetidesgroup.com. Tides like the ocean tide. Right, right. I mean, that's that's exactly right, and and you'll you'll see if you look at that website how how much tides and high tides, low tides, and movements and things uh, go into how we think here. So yeah, and I've been to it. It's a beautiful website. Ah, well, thanks. 
taps much. taps to your designer. <laughs> I'll let him. Who I, who I think I know. Yeah. You do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Liam, again, thanks for being with us today. Appreciate all your tips. Until next time, strategists, keep right. strategizing. <laughs> Thank you, Tony.